Good evening, family. I am Karabo, uh, one of the students in student ministry, and I'll be reading. I'll be doing the Bible reading today. Uh, the book will be reading from Ephesians chapter four, verse one to sixteen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 16. I therefore, a prisoner of, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your uh, that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father for all of all, who is over all and through all in mind. But grace was given to each and each one of us according to the measures of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when He ascended. On high he led a host of captives and gave, he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all we attain, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure the, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather speaking in truth rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part of when each part is working properly makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. This is the word of God. Amen. Thanks Karabo for the Bible reading. Um, it is a joy to be together. Um, this is my last uh, time preaching for quite a number of weeks. Uh, so, so next week we're going to have Martin uh, bringing us God's word from Ephesians, that last uh, chapter, the last rather the last section of chapter four. Uh, so that's what we're going to have. Uh, we we've been working our way through Ephesians, and then uh, Black is going to bring the fire uh, in June. Is it June? We're already halfway through the year. Can you believe it? Uh, so we're going to be looking at the book of Jonah. Uh, so that's in two weeks' time. So please prepare your hearts uh, and start reading Jonah as uh, Black is preparing. 
uh, it is winter, so we need that kind of fire. Uh, so please invite somebody uh, to that as well. Uh, so that's what's happening next week. We're finishing off chapter 4 of Ephesians, and then the following week, Black will be leading us through uh, four weeks of, uh, of Jonah. Uh, this is one of the prophets. In our morning service, we're looking at the prophets, so that's uh, exciting to, uh, to see that synergy uh, across our services. I'm going to pray. Um, before I do that, I just wanted to uh, orient you through what we've been looking at. Uh, so we've been uh, looking at Ephesians under the theme of You Belong. Uh, and what we've drilled, if, if you haven't uh, paid attention or if you forgot, uh, it is this concept that we belong before we do anything. So God wants you to know who you are before he asks you to do anything in your life. So that's why we've been uh, laboring week in, week out uh, to nail it, drill it in our heads uh, that we belong not because of anything we've done, but because of what Christ has done. Last week we said... Uh, that very often when we think about belonging, when we think about belonging to a church, uh, we approach it as a Netflix subscription, uh, that when we are unhappy with the subscription, we just sign out. Uh, but we saw last week that the church is more, uh, more than that. It is a family. Uh, so because it's a family, you can't just sign out. You need to be committed. You need to be committed to the unity of it. So that's what Paul says in verses 1 to 6. Uh, this unity that he calls them to, is glued together by the seven ones that he says uh, to them in, um, in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, he says the reason why they ought to strive for unity is because they are one body and have one spirit. Uh, they have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and above all, one Father. Uh, so that's the reason why we ought to strive for unity in a world that checks out and signs out of church and views it as a, an optional extra. Uh, that's what Paul uh, would say. Today we're going to see the church as a growing body. Uh, so the church as a growing body. And I have uh, a call to action for us uh, this evening as we end of our time uh, together. Uh, so a church, the church, or rather the Christian life and belonging to a group uh, that is called the church uh, we're going to see that it's a body that is growing. So please bow your heads as I pray for us as we get into God's word. Um, oh Lord, we are so thankful that you speak to us. Uh, I can only echo those prayers of that hymn uh, that uh, you teach us, Lord, full obedience, holy reverence, uh, that even as we come to your, uh, the Lord's Supper later on, we would remember uh, that it is at the cross that you bought our place with, uh, with the Father. So I pray, Lord, uh, tonight that we would hear your word, uh, that you would shape us through it, you would challenge us and wake us up, um, and that we would serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we were listening to a talk the other day, and the minister, it was 12 o'clock, we were all tired, and he said, wake up! Uh, it was in the text, and we were like, we woke up. So if I shout that, uh, know that there's somebody sleeping, uh, because that's what God wants us uh, to do this evening, to wake up to the, to the realization of what it means to be part of a church community. And the key picture that we see in our passage this evening is a picture of a body. Uh, now, before we get into Ephesians chapter 4, please come with me to uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 12 
2.21, as Paul uses this image, this metaphor of a body to describe what it means to belong to, um, uh, to a group, this group that is called uh, the church. Uh, now, as you even think about that imagery of body, uh, it is, again, in our consumer culture, something that challenges us to not just come in here and think that this is a, an optional extra or think that we are here to benefit, uh, but we are here to contribute. Uh, chapter 1 uh, of, so rather, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, this is what Paul says as he speaks to the Christians in Corinth about being part of this uh, body of believers. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So notice the unity and diversity. There's different members, but there is one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Uh, notice the theme of Ephesians chapter one verse one to chapter four verse one to six: Jews and Greeks, slaves or free, people from all walks of life, black, white, colored, Indian, all together we are part of one body but we are diverse uh, in, in that body. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not be- belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So that's who you are, right? Uh, that is not something that you need to become. If you are a Christian this evening, you are part of the body. So you, you don't have an option to say, I'm not the food, I don't belong here, or I'm not like so-and-so, I don't belong here. Uh, we all belong to this body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would our sense of hearing, where would be us the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, we would, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So notice that diversity, many different parts, but one body, uh, working towards one good. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Uh, so you belong if you are a Christian. Not only do you belong, God has made you different as you step uh, into this, um, this hall tonight. Uh, not only has he made you uh, to be different, but he's gifted you uh, in many ways that we need you. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, we need you. We need you. Uh, and that's the imagery that Paul, uh, Paul uses. When we get to Ephesians, I'm just going to run us through this image of body as it comes up from chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, uh, I hope it is still in Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 23, listen to how Paul describes uh, the, the church. Uh, he says that God has put everything under the feet of Jesus, who is the head of all things in verse 22, uh, the head of over all things to the church. And then he goes on to say in verse 23 that the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Chapter 2, verse 16, the same idea comes up. And God did all of these things that he did uh, through the cross, 
uh, that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, uh, thereby killing the hostility. So the very body of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that hung on the cross is the one body that was crucified to bring together this body of uh, believers. Uh, Paul uses the image of the body of Christ uh, as the one that brings everything together. Chapter 3, verse 6. This is uh, when we are talking about the mystery, those two groups of people, the Jews and Gentiles, uh, those who did not belong to God and those who did. Uh, Paul says the mystery, what God has kept for all generations, which he has now revealed, is that both Jews and Gentiles uh, form part of the same unity. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body. So you belong to the same body of believers. There's no hierarchy of being in this body. Uh, All of us are equal. Uh, All of us are different. God has wired us differently uh, to uh, fulfill his purposes. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 4, there is one body uh, talking about the church. And then verse 12 that we're going to see, uh, he speaks of the church as the body of Christ. Chapter 5, verse 23, uh, he says, he speaks to husbands that they ought to love their wives uh, as Christ loved the church. Um, And he goes on to say that uh, Christ is the head of the church, um, which is um, the, let me read it, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. We'll get to that controversial one later on. I think Redden uh, will be preaching on that one. <laughs> Amen. Um, the head of the church, his body. So Paul describes this, uh, this community of uh, believers as a body. Verse 30 as well, because we are members of one body. And that image is powerful. And tonight he's going to challenge the Corinthians, not the Corinthians, the Ephesians, what is it? Chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1, he says they must walk as if they belong. They must walk in this new thing that God has called them to. If God has called you to the body, then behave like you are uh, the body. You belong to the body. Uh, therefore, he's going to remind us that we ought to be doing our part. And I wonder if that's how you view church, that this is the place where I get to do my part. This is the place where I don't get to just sit around and say, oh, I didn't like such and such uh, that evening, Um, but it's a place where you'll be like, such and such is missing. I saw some leaves when I came in. I saw some papers. I'm not going to say, wow, church, why are there no staff? Why is there no staff cleaning? But I'm going to say I'm going to come next week uh, by 5 o'clock to come help clean up because I see that there's a need here uh, to clean up. I'm going to see this as a place where I belong, and I'm going to play my part as someone who belongs. That's the simple message of this evening. You belong, therefore, play your part as a member. Uh, Play your part as a member. Uh, So why do we want to do that? Well, it is for the growth of this body. Uh, And as I thought more and more about this metaphor. My ADD brain went all over the place, uh, self-diagnosed ADD. (laughs) It went all over the place in terms of just thinking about maturity and how fascinating the body grows and how each part uh, takes uh, charge uh, or plays its role uh, for the growth of the body. I remember my very first 
no, not on my very first. Our very first scan, uh, when we found out we were pregnant uh, with our first child, and I think it was about eight weeks or so, uh, as the gynae or the midwife um, did the sauna, and we saw for the very first time uh, the heartbeat. And it was fascinating. And uh, the gynae at that stage said, uh, this baby is the size of a small rice kennel. And then we read books uh, that uh, there's this book called What to Expect When You're Expecting. And it gives you the fascinating story of this little rice as it grows older and older. Um, but obviously, that book we didn't read. Uh, so we opted to an app. Uh, this app that tells you the different stages of the growth, growth process uh, from a time that it's a, a, as tiny as a jelly bean, uh, and that's what we named him uh, before uh, he could speak and walk. He was called Jelly Bean, and Jelly Bean grew up to become a full human, and it is fascinating. It is such a fascinating thing to see growth, uh, and we expect growth, isn't it, uh, as, as people? In fact, where there is no growth, um, we... We are fascinated um, and we seek help uh, because the natural thing for a body to do is to grow. Uh, but I want to, I was fascinated more by the, the growing of teeth <laughs> because that's the stage I am in right now. Uh, so the other day I had a conversation with one of the dentists here. His name is uh, Dr. Tukudu. Uh, so I, I gave him, I showed him a scan of my friend uh, who was looking for help. He's boy has difficulties growing adult teeth. So he was explaining to me. He saw the scan and he's like, yeah, that's a six-year-old. I'm like, how do you know? It's just the scan. And he explained to me the mechanism of the growth of teeth, uh, that it starts off at the bottom. Uh, those milk teeth go out and they make way. Uh, they don't go out before the jaw grows uh, because otherwise the, the big teeth don't have enough space. Anyway, uh, so such is the growth of teeth. I was fascinated as he, as he tells me this, uh, that you're going to see that the bottom ones are going to come out first and the top ones uh, are then going to come out uh, when they have the, those small ones. I'm like, wow, like that's a, the genius of the body, isn't it? Uh, that it just works uh, and it works uh, just as God uh, has, has made it work. But I think that was fascinating. Seeing it happen was even more fascinating. Seeing my boy lose his bottom teeth, uh, and then uh, they, they grew, uh, he grew big teeth. They're not as cute as the uh, kiddies kid. But anyway, that's a sign of growth. Uh, and then now he's got a gap. Uh, his big teeth are coming out, and they're preparing the whole body uh, to become a meat eater. Um, so I know people are not really meat eaters, but here we go. Um, but you... See the process of something as small as teeth growing to show you that it's preparing this body for, uh, for much, uh, much growth, to eat meat and to be a full-grown, mature human. Uh, and that's the process that all of us went through. You might not remember it, but you are who you are because at some point you grew teeth. Those teeth prepared you to chew. Uh, did you know this fun fact that you need to chew for your body to register that you're eating. So you don't just drink stuff. For you to be a mature person who's growing healthily, you need to be chewing 
and your body registered that now we're eating, we're prepared to digest. Everything works together for the growth of our body. We are who we are because of that small process of growing teeth. And I think that is the same as the Christian life and the Christian church, that every small part plays its role for the growth of the whole. Amen. And I wonder if that's how you view yourself, that I may be insignificant or think of myself as insignificant, but actually here I belong, and they need me uh, as part of this body uh, to be growing uh, this body. Uh, So we belong, and for the body to grow, uh, the best thing is for every part to play its role. Have a look at chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Paul speaks about this growth. Chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Someone say, grow up. Grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, someone say, working properly, it makes the body to grow so that it builds itself up in love. When everything in your body is working together, we are going to grow. Uh, so the message uh, this evening is that, uh, that we need to be playing uh, our role. Uh, why? So as we should grow, uh, that's first thing. So that's the aim of, of it all, uh, that every part plays its role to grow. Number one, to grow. Number two, to grow into the head, which is Christ. Number three, uh, to grow when every part is doing its role. So that's our structure for this evening. Uh, a healthy body is one that grows. A, health, a healthy body is one that grows into its head. Da. <laughs> a healthy body grows when each part, no matter how small it is, plays its role. Um, so let's have a look at the first point. The healthy body has to grow. Verse 7 to 14. Let me read that uh, once again. Remember last week we looked at verse 1 to 6. Verse 7, Paul says, verse 1 to 6, he's told them that they are united. Uh, Verse 7, he tells them of their diversity and what they bring to the table. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Notice as I read from verse 7 to 14, Pick up the language of growth that comes up time and time again. Therefore, it says, he's speaking of Christ, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. This is a picture of a king who goes out to conquer, uh, and he goes out to plunder the nation that he's conquered uh, and to distribute the plunder. Verse 9, in saying he ascended, what does it mean? but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. Uh, So he ascended. On Thursday, we remember the ascension of Jesus, that he is with the Father in glory. Um, But also to remember that he waged war. He went to the depths of hell to fight for you and for me, to bring you into this family. That's what Paul is saying there. He who descended is the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might feel all things, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip 
the saints for work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every kind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Notice the language of building up, uh, the language of mature manhood, of no longer being children, of growing up into Christ, of the body growing and building itself up in love as you read uh, throughout this section. Paul says a healthy body uh, should be growing. Uh, we should be growing if we, uh, if we are connected to Jesus. If we are a healthy body and if we listen to what he has to say, we ought to be growing in our relationship. Uh, we ought to be growing as a church. We ought to be growing as each member is doing uh, their part. Just think about how weird it would be. Okay, so how cute it is when a kid is small and how weird it is when a grown-up is doing baby stuff. Okay, it's quite normal for a baby when they're small. Uh, you feed them and they just mess themselves up. Uh, like it's a messy process. You have to feed them, right? Uh, but that child grows and grows. <laughs> It'll be weird for a 10-year-old uh, unless, not weird, unless there's disabilities, that child ought to be growing. That child ought to be feeding themselves at a certain stage. Um, in our church, we have so many programs that feed you, uh, but we don't want you to remain a baby. Amen. <laughs> we want you to be growing. We want you to be joining uh, programs where you're going to be taught how to read the Bible. Somebody will sit with you to read the Bible with you, but you at some point need to be reading the Bible with somebody else. You cannot be still being uh, spoon-fed. Uh, if you are spoon-fed, you're going to start complaining. Ah, this food is ugly. You know how children are. Uh, you start complaining because you're not growing to become an adult who is responsible uh, to feed themselves. You used to complain about your mom's food until you got to raise. Amen. <laughs> and you realize, oh, it's actually not so easy to put together a meal, I must be more appreciative uh, and thankful. Uh, it's quite normal for a baby to poop in nappies. It will be weird for a 14-year-old uh, to still be doing the same. Unless there's any disability, that child ought not to be doing that. Okay, if I was Mike Todd, uh, that uh, pastor, you guys know him? He's got crazy illustration. Uh, I would be saying... We cannot be dealing with poop at an older age. Amen. There are certain things that we ought to be growing into. Uh, there are certain things that, particularly when it comes to, so here's the thing, I'm not saying we're going to stop sinning. Uh, as Christians, we grow. Uh, you meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus, sleeping with their girlfriend. Uh, we read the Bible together. They continue struggle, struggling with that. Uh, perhaps at some point they conquer that sin, or maybe it's an ongoing struggle for them. Uh, so I'm not talking about that. God grows us gradually in our work, right? Um, I'm not talking necessarily about that. But I think there is something in us that needs to grow where you think to yourself, man, I think I want to be kept accountable. Uh, I want to meet with other men, other females, 
to lead me in maturity so that I don't keep falling into the same sin. And if I do, uh, then I know that there are those people who lead me back into community. Amen. To grow in that kind of maturity, uh, that at age 14, we should not be struggling to keep you accountable. Amen. Somebody said, especially this is with guys, that you cannot keep a guy accountable who doesn't want to be kept accountable. Because you will come, we meet together, we read through Ephesians, and then we ask you, how's life going? How's your work with Jesus? There's two possibilities there. Either you can confess what is going on in your life, that is maturity, or you can go on hiding your sin, that is immaturity. Uh, You can go on hiding your sin, perhaps because you don't agree or you haven't fully understood that you belong but the more you understand that you belong, uh, the easier it is to confess your sins. Uh, the easier it is to not hide. Uh, so you, we, ought to be, we ought to be growing. And uh, maybe that's a question that you ought to ask yourself uh, this evening. Am I growing as a Christian? And I'm not saying you're going to stop sinning, but do I desire, do I hate sin so much that I want to be kept accountable? A healthy church is a growing church. And a growing church is a church that once where members want to be uh, kept accountable. The second point is that a healthy body has to grow into the head. As you've seen those malnutrition pictures, we used to laugh at them as infants, but now that I'm older, it's not so funny, is it? Uh, When a child is malnourished, when a child doesn't fully grow to what they're supposed to be because of poverty, that is such a sad picture. I don't know if it's marasmus or kwashioko, one of those diseases where the kid doesn't grow. Um, but Paul says if we are a healthy body, we're going to grow into, into him who is uh, the body. We're going to, so rather the head. So we're going to grow in more ways than one into Christ who is the head. And we're going to explain what... <laughs> what we mean by that. Uh, A healthy body is one that grows into its head. Um, Black has been... Why are you guys laughing? (laughs) Why why are you guys laughing? Is my time correct there? Oh, you started it early. I don't think I've been speaking for that long. Um, Black uh, has joined... Myriad of people who've mocked my the size of my head. Um, he's spreading the joke across all churches, uh, so I might as well jump on that wave. Uh, when I when I moved from the village to the township, for the very first time, I heard that I had a big head, and I was like, At, "To this day, I still don't believe it," because uh, nobody told me in my village that I had a big head. But I've grown into, my body has grown into, into my head. Amen. <laughs> a, a healthy body has to grow into uh, its head. You cannot have a, a head that's big. Um, <laughs> and that is the picture of, um, of Christian growth. Have a look at chapter 1, verse 22, as 
Paul speaks about Christ again as the head, uh, speaking about God putting everything under Jesus' feet and Jesus is the head. I uh, wonder what you think that, that means. Chapter 4, verse 15 speaks of Jesus as the head. And I think in our passage, if we had more time, we would unpack. But the whole concept of growing into this body, into this head rather, of our body, this healthy body, growing into the head, is two things. One is the unity that Paul has been speaking about. So how will we know that we're growing into the head, which is Christ? Well, it is when we are more and more united. Amen. The more we display unity, the more, like real unity, uh, the more healthier we are and the more we are growing into this head. How do we do that? Well, the other thing that comes up in our passage is growing in our knowledge of Christ. So that is what it means uh, to grow into him as the head, is to grow in our knowledge of Christ. What do we mean by that? Well, time and time again in Ephesians, Paul drills it to them that he prays that they would have power to understand just how much God loves them. The only way for us to be accountable and grow healthily as a body is to understand the love of God towards us. My favorite, favorite um, American pastor, uh, his name is Tim Keller. He went to be with Jesus, I think, on Friday. He coined this phrase called, uh, where he says what the gospel is. He says the gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed than we, we, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That is what it means to grow in our knowledge of Jesus, uh, to understand just how sinful we are and understand just how much he loves us. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you and you, you belong. And growing into him who's the head means, number one, understanding that love, and then secondly, growing in upholding unity. The last point is that the healthy body grows when each part does its role. When the teeth do the act of chewing, the whole body is nourished and the whole body grows. Chapter 4, verse 11, this is the picture of the church. And he, that is Jesus, when he conquered, when he ascended on high, he left gifts. He gave the apostles to the church, that is, the apostles, that, that is, those who first uh, represented the message of the crucified and risen Lord. Uh, those are apostles. If anyone calls himself an apostle today, uh, just be suspicious. Ne? Um, there are godly faithful men who do call themselves apostles, but uh, I think they're wrong. The apostles are those who first brought to us, uh, if you read the New Testament, the scriptures, uh, those who first witnessed to the risen Lord Jesus. Uh, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Verse 12, why did he do that? Why did he give uh, this man to lead uh, and shepherd his church to equip 
the saints for work of ministry. So the work of those five people, we shouldn't argue this evening of what, what the offices mean. It just means that God gave leaders to the church for what reason? So that they can come admire and admire the leaders? So that they can come and, I don't know, just sit there and say, nah, we don't like that. I'm going to leave. I'm going to unsubscribe. No, like, our job is not for you guys to come here and do that. What is our job? Verse 12, to equip. To equip who? The saints. For what? For works of service. Uh, a healthy body is one that grows, is one that grows into the body, is one that grows when each part does its work. And you, as you come here this evening, you are part of that body, therefore you ought to be serving uh, in that body. That is what it means uh, for you to belong, that you ought to be uh, in this body. Now, if you have your, on your seats there, you'll see that there's a small, a little bookmark. Can I please have that one? That just displays for us as Christchurch what that growth process looks like. Uh, from this side, as someone walks through our doors, to where we want them to be. We want them to be saving and on mission. Uh, we want to do three things. We want to be reaching the lost here in Midrand. Uh, we were with students on Friday. We were gathered in a circle with about, I don't know how many guys were there, 15 to 20 guys, just pouring our hearts out and talking about the state of manhood in our country and just the number of people who don't have dads we want those guys to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would stop that process. They would stop that curse that has plagued South Africa of fatherlessness and lack of manhood. Amen. Jesus is the man who can do that. We're going to see that in chapter 5. We want to reach the lost. We want those lost people for their lives to be reshaped. One of the things we want to do, by the way, if you lost, I'm reading the blue part. Um, we want to be reshaping lives uh, under God, uh, to see people coming from not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus and walking faithfully with him. We want to raise leaders. And that's our job. Uh, if we keep you entertained, if we keep you coming back here as a consumer, you might just unsubscribe because if, if we stop fitting what you need, you're going to walk out. And that's the nature of church in Midrand, isn't it? There's so many options on offer. Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, that you can just unsubscribe from one and nobody will even notice that you're gone. That is not a picture of the church that Jesus wants. That is not a picture of true belonging. True belonging is knowing that God has loved us and knowing that we belong to a family for us to be saving that family. Amen. I, I think I will leave it at that. Um, I think I'm going to call us to action. Um, so here's the thing. For us to reach the lost, to reshape life and raise leaders, we need you. We need you to be asking the question, how can I serve? Okay, maybe you have gifts and talents that God has given you. We don't know those unless you avail yourself. Unless you join a live group where they, they have a conversation with you and they say, oh, you can sing. Come join us. Oh, you are good at teaching. 
come, let's teach you how to teach others. Unless you are part of this community, we're not going to know. But maybe you don't know what you are gifted in. We'll find that out as we get to know each other. Um, But we do need, uh, for the growth of God's kingdom, certain things uh, for our evening service in particular. So this service opportunities um, is there for you to think of a place where you can get involved. I forgot to add uh, with Helen transport there. We need those men that came here needed somebody to bring them from Egyvos to come here to engage in the gospel. So we need people with licenses. How many of us have licenses here this evening? This is the part where you raise your hand. <laughs> we need you. It's a spiritual gift. I don't know if you knew that. If you use cool drink to buy it, the Lord forgives people like you. Um, but we need transport. We need people to read the Bible. Karabo, you're going to read the Bible again, man. You guys are laughing. You're going to read the Bible again. Uh, because we want to hear different voices uh, coming to read the Bible. We need people to help us. Cover the setup at the back there. Put your hands together for the table for setting that up. What if, what if we were to upgrade by putting some cake, nyana there, some muffins? All you have to do is maybe, how much would it cost cake to feed this many people? Just one Sunday. Cakes. Not too much. Oh, my 150 rand. Go to Woolies is the nice option, right? They have nice cakes. But... But you can choose a different options that you can afford. Uh, you can buy those muffin mixes if you can't afford Woolies. And under 50 rand or so, bake 24 muffins so that we can have something to fellowship around after service. So catering um, or sponsor a student or somebody who can't afford to come to Beggar King. Uh, we need people to be welcoming. Uh, you see, you don't say... That church is not welcoming. What do you say? I want to <laughs> help out with welcoming because I see a gap there. We need hospitality. We need people to set up here. This music stuff doesn't just come uh, and set itself up. You, we need that. We need people to help out in the tech team. Uh, Kitimeti has been here for, I don't know, less than two years. She, she's learned uh, to... to to operate the desk. Uh, she can teach you to do that. Uh, we need her here because she can also sing. Uh, so we need more people doing tech stuff. Anyway, I'm speaking too much, but just take up this thing and take that next step of seeing yourself as someone who belongs, therefore who serves uh, in this community. Uh, I'm not going to... I think we can do that after communion. There's also pens if you are struggling. Uh, so you're going to fill it up Fold it, and then you're going to give it to the table or Matepo here at the front. I'm going to pray for us as we now come to the Lord's table where we remember the victory that Jesus has won for us. Father, we thank you so much for what you've called us to, that you've called us from being sons of disobedience, being fatherless, to belonging and belonging into in your kingdom. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are part of this family. And I pray that we, you would remind us that it's, we don't have to work our way to belong. 
but because we belong, we're going to work. So we pray that you would grow your church, that you transform so many lives uh, when each of these members that are sitting here this evening take their part uh, for the growth of your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.